Welcome to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. Each episode will tear down a myth, kick a social norm in the beanbag, gut punch a sex ed untruth, or destroy a poorly constructed relationship expectation. Get ready to unlearn all the crap you accepted as fact. Strap in for a mind-blowing revision on what sex is and what it can do. Prepare yourself for a whole new thought pattern when it comes to modern relationships. And now, here's your host, Jenny Simus, the Intimacy Ally, Relationship Expert and Certified Sex and Intimacy Coach. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. I am here today with my guest, Stephanie Ann. Um, she is a public speaker, uh, a lawyer, a mom, and as she just pointed out to me, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so a survivor and a thriver after domestic violence. Uh, Stephanie Ann, I would love for you to do a little intro of your own, and then we'll talk about what we're going to cover today. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jenny said, I'm Stephanie, and I am a survivor of two narcissistic marriages. And my story is a story of how I survived those marriages and how I was able to shift my perspective and able, and then I was able to see the lessons in my story. Um, And then I was able to heal. And, and that's, you know, what I want to share with so many people that you don't have to be stuck in these toxic relationships. You don't have to um, feel like you've given your power away, and you can't get it back. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm here to talk about, getting your power back, Mm. and becoming empowered. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. I was um, just, you know, I want to say like, because it's story time, we're going to yeah. cover a few of these stories that the patriarchy, societal norms, probably your mom, or your friends or somebody got it in your head that these things are okay. And we're trying to tell you, no, they are not. So I know for a fact that Stephanie is going to give us some insight into uh, the fact that you know, people think that you don't, you have to fit some sort of mold or type. Um, You are some sort of cliche of a person who becomes a victim in a domestic violence situation. And she's going to show us that's absolutely not true. Um, Also, she's going to touch on that you have to stay stuck or, you know, be a victim like stay in that mindset or always be like pushed down by the trauma bonding that happens in these relationships. Untrue. And then Mm -hmm. the one that I find so interesting because so Mm -hmm. many people probably argue against this with you and I totally see it and I cannot wait to hear how you break it down and unpack it is that narcissists are confident. Mm -hmm. So I would just love it if you would just start out like yeah. sharing your story. I, I'm, you know, I want to share it with my listeners. I want to hear more about it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I definitely. So, you know, Jenny, for years, I was living a completely different story through a lens of why me? Mm. And only recently do I feel like I've broken a pattern of calling people into my life through relationships that would teach me the lessons I still needed to learn about owning this as my story, not Mm -hmm. someone else's story. And there's so many of us, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of embarrassment around owning your story as a survivor. Mm -hmm. And so for many years, I did not want to own my story. Mm. Um, But my story is one of healing those parts within me that have had me feeling unworthy of love so that I would call in these people over and over again, real relationships who would reflect that back to me, you know, whether it's through their abusive words, through the manipulation, through the, the gaslighting, through the feeling of never feeling like, like you're enough for them. Um, So what does that mean when you say that, that you're calling them in? So, you know, I feel like when you 
um, have these patterns in your life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I believe it was a pattern of feeling unworthy. We call people in who reflect that back to us. Okay. And so, you know, it's like the unhealed parts of us Mm -hmm. that aren't healed. And until we can stop and sit back and see the lessons and break the patterns and really heal, we will continue to repeat patterns again and again in our life. Right. And so that's when I say, like, you know, we can call people into our life who reflect um, back to us what we are feeling inside us. Does that make sense? But you're not, you're not like victim shaming. You're not saying that I... Okay. No, not just at making all. sure. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying this is what tends to happen. Mm. And until you break these patterns in your life, you might be repeating the same things over and over again until those patterns get broken. Right. Does so that, tell me, like, a little bit about yourself, like before you entered that first, you know, n- noticeable relationship. So uh, I came from a very healthy family, very, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents have been married for over 45 years. Mm -hmm. They modeled good relationships. I, I don't have these daddy issues. I'm not looking, you know, I I was a healed, healthy, whole person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a good relationship with my father. I, you know, I like to say like, I did all the right things. I, right. I went to college. I I spent five years traveling around the world, wow. living all over the place. Okay. Um, you know, and so I, I've had this incredible life before mm-hmm. I met my first husband. And then when I met him, yeah, there were some there were some red flags, maybe. Right. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure Did you did you there, paint there them green were. and just keep going? <laughs> well, of course, of course you do because right. they don't they like don't we show do. that side mm-hmm. of they right. show that side of themselves. And right. so and even you if don't... you even if they do, you can like excuse it. Like you come up with some way like, ah, oh, that was a one off. Ah oh, that oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you have been trauma bonded with someone and again a, a trauma bond is um, so it, it, there's a cycle when you're mm-hmm. in these relationships, whether it is a, a relationship that is just domestic violence, not with a narcissist or in a relationship with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that when you first meet the person, that's the honeymoon stage. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're so in love and they are just showing you the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. They are love bombing you. They are doing wonderful things for you. They're, they're mm-hmm. taking you out. They're buying you things. They are showing you off. They're proud of you. They love everything about you. Right. And so, and, but you don't, you don't realize you're in these relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and this is, this is one of the myths. Um, you, you don't realize that you're in it until you are in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in the beginning, there's the, like I'm saying, there's the honeymoon stage. And then after there's the devaluation stage. And so Mm -hmm. this might be where they start critiquing, critiquing you, criticizing you, um, calling you names, the manipulation comes in. And then they go back, you know, they're like, oh, well, they feel bad. Well, they don't feel bad because of you. They feel bad that, oh, maybe I took it a little too far. So let me or love you bomb might them. leave. Yeah. yeah. And so let mm-hmm. me love bomb them back to me. Mm-hmm. So then you're stuck in the cycle of honeymoon, uh, love bombing, devaluation until there's eventually a discard somewhere in there, whether you wake up and realize what's going on and you leave them or they just discard you because their mask came off and you see who they truly are. And so you leave them. Mm. Um, and so the trauma, that's the cycle of the trauma bond. And the trauma bond is a lot like, like a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. This is like the best way I can describe it. So you become addicted to this person because you know that they can treat you well. You know that they can be kind. 
you know that they can love you the way you need to be loved. Right. And so you're constantly searching for that next dopamine rush, that next high, like in the beginning, just similarly with a drug addict seeking that first high. Right. But you will never get to that first high mm -hmm. because that's not, this is all just a game. Right. For and conversely for them, like they're getting that high when mm -hmm. they manipulate you, oh, when yeah. they control you. So it's yep. like that you're both feeding this different side of the addiction and the yes. relationship itself is the addiction. Yes. Ooh. And it Good is scam. so, so hard to break that. Mm -hmm. And so this is why you see so many people stuck in these relationships. Well, why didn't you just leave? Mm -hmm. It's complicated. It's, it's not that easy because there is this trauma bond. Right. So it's not just as easy to say, hey, Jenny, why don't you just leave him? He treats you mm -hmm. horribly. He does all these things to you. Why are you still with him? Right. Well, it's, you know, and like rationally, we can go there. We can say, yeah, he's horrible. He's mean. He's done all these things. But then, you know, then our heart is like, oh, but you love him. But he knows how to treat you. He just, he's just mean right now, but he's going to be nice in a couple of days. Right. And, and then and you so, add kids you know, into it. Oh, and it's all yeah. other. Mm -hmm. A whole other. <laughs> right. So especially you know, if they're for, kind to the kids because they're able to, because the kids are of them. So it's like that's a mm -hmm. piece of me. They I think that I think that they legitimately can love a child that is theirs. But yeah, I don't know if it's yeah. possible for them to actually love their partners. I just don't. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. And I've, I've I had those thoughts so many times, like, did they ever love me? Was it what was real? I mean, because mm -hmm. there's so much of it is so fake. And so much of it is a game. Like, mm -hmm. what is real? Right. You know, going back to the trauma bond with my my second husband, Jason, we were together for four years and in the beginning I thought I was I thought I was doing everything right mm -hmm. because we had met online and I'm like, well, let's just get to know each other before we even meet in person. Mm -hmm. You know, just to protect my kids and, and to protect myself. I'm like, let's just get to know each other. So we okay. spent weeks talking and and really getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't see a lot of red flags when you are just having a phone conversation with someone. Right. And I didn't know that he was just projecting me back to me. He was mirroring mm. me. Mm. Just you know? mirroring. Just kind he of like mirroring, mirroring your behavior. Exactly. So that it would please you and like entice exactly. you. Exactly. And so even before we met, I was in love with him. I was in love with myself mm. because he reflected me back. Whoa. And so um, breaking the, and so, you know, in the beginning, just to, to give some examples for, for any of the listeners, in the beginning, he loved that I was a strong, independent woman. He loved that um, I'm a feminist and all my girlfriends are strong, independent, empowered women. He mm -hmm. loved that. He loved all my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. He loved that I'm a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Well, when it came to the devaluation, he's like, I hate lawyers. And then for the next four years, just going off on how horrible lawyers are and this and that, how oh. he hates my girlfriends, how, oh, you know, because they could see through him. Right. Sometimes we can't see everything, but other people standing on the outside can see. So he hated all my friends. He would talk horrible things about my girlfriends and things mm. that would make me feel bad. And he would cut me down for being me. Right. Right. And it's like, and, and this is where it becomes so confusing because you're, you're like, well, I haven't changed. You loved all of this about me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And now you, hate all of this about me 
And so that's where it becomes so confusing because it's just so confusing. They keep And then it makes you question, like, did you change? Are you different? Like, am I the one who changed? Did I, did I present like a front when I first met him? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and we question because we think about things and Mm -hmm. we do it quietly. We don't, we don't ask out loud. We do it quietly and, and we start to eat away at our own selves and our own senses of self because they plant that seed and we just let it grow into this mighty, mighty tree of self-doubt. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and they keep you, you know, with, with the gaslighting, they keep you so confused and what is real and what is not real. Mm Mm-hmm. And oh so, God. you know, yes. for gaslighting is when you have your understanding of what happened and they take it and either minimize it or they say it did not exist. And so right. they make you start to feel like you are the crazy one. Right. So I started keeping a journal. I mean, I've always had a journal, but I started keeping a journal and I would go back. And I'm like, it did not happen like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At one point, but, I was recording things. At one point, I was recording things, not because I was going to yes. share them with anybody, because God forbid that I would ever actually let anyone else hear what was happening, mm-hmm. or what was being said to me, you know, but I was recording things just so that I knew that it actually came out of his mouth. Yeah. Because yeah. I was so convinced that my memory was so shitty Yes. That because that's what he told me. Oh, Ugh. yeah. And it, and it keeps you, you stuck feeling like you're the one that did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself like, okay, well, what do I need to change about me? Like, what, what did I, what did I do wrong? Do I, do I need to wake up earlier? Do I need to go to the gym more? Do I need to, um, Like, am I not loving you the way you needed to be loved? And so Mm -hmm. they make you turn everything on you. And we start trying to figure out what we did wrong and trying to fix all these things. But it wasn't us in the beginning. Did he get mad at you after a while for trying to correct before, like to correct something like the first time that he said something about it? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. you know, he, my, I didn't my tell you, you had to do that. I didn't say you had to do that. It was just a suggestion. It was just a, oh. it's just a different way of thinking. Right. Every, oh yeah. I'm just being, <laughs> I'm just speaking my truth. Oh, oh I can't handle my truth. Oh. I'm just oh. telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the meanest mm. way possible. And it's not really mm. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was, uh, you know, so with the narcissist, um, so just, I don't know how much your audience knows about narcissism, but, you know, it was a, a Greek myth of narcissist <laughs> was this guy who went and looked into a, a lake and he saw his own reflection and he couldn't mm-hmm. get over his own reflection. He was just so in love with himself. And so, you know, narcissists, they have this, uh, inflated self-importance like they think they are so superior to everyone else and we all need to bow down and worship them essentially Mm -hmm. because they are these little demigods um they lack empathy they struggle being able to empathize with your feelings and your needs um and then they manipulate and they manipulate to exploit others to achieve their goals and, and, and they fun. don't care what they do for yeah. fun. They Sometimes want... it is genuine. It is genuinely just for entertainment pur- purposes. Oh yeah, and that's horrifying because it it's is. to the closest people in their lives. Oh, Generally, yeah. a partner. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. my my ex would tell me he's like, because after a while, when I started figuring out everything that was going on, and and I stopped reacting, he wanted. A reaction and he started telling me that he's oh, like yeah. I want a reaction because it's control they're controlling our emotions mm-hmm. they want you to react and so they will 
manipulate and lie and provoke just to get a reaction from you. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that narcissists suffer from the lowest, lowest, fragile self-esteem and fragile ego. Ego, mm -hmm. and so what you're saying. One of the myths is that oh, the narcissists are um, so confident, confident mm -hmm. so powerful. No, no, they are some of the most sensitive, overly sensitive, overly fragile. They are not confident, and this is why they do what they do because right. they cannot live with themselves. And the only way they can feel better about themselves is by putting you down. By controlling right. you. It's like posturing. They, yeah. yeah. And then they like thrive off of, like you said, belittling those around them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they, they constantly Feeling superior. Need, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they constantly need validation and approval. Um, and if you look at any of the narcissists, you know, whether men or women, because it's both. Right. Um, you can see that they've had difficulty maintaining relationships throughout their entire life. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have like, that's kind of the, the general traits of a narcissist. But even mm -hmm. within that, there are narcissists who, who are more like a victim. There are some who are more just covert and sneaky and manipulate a different way. And right. so going back to what we what we were talking about before I started talking about the narcissism and the traits is, um, you know, bringing up things to your partner, like, hey, can you, you made food, can you clean up your mess? Can you mm -hmm. shut the refrigerator? It's still open. Can you pick up after yourselves? Can you help out with things? Well, mm -hmm. my second husband was a victim narcissist mm -hmm. and the victim narcissist it every time i would bring something up like a criticism or like just constructive constructive criticism like you know we we have to have these talks we're married mm -hmm. right and he would turn everything around and start crying you don't understand i can't uh, i can't do this and he would turn everything around and manipulate the whole situation to where mm. i didn't get a word in and it was all Thanks. about him Mm. Yeah, this is the this is the victim narcissist. Okay. Um, they're always the victim. They're always the world is so unfair. Everyone's betrayed them. Everyone mm -hmm. has hurt. Everyone's them. out to get and me. You, yep. And you're just out mm -hmm. to get them when all you said is, can you flush the toilet? Right. Put the toilet seat, you know, and so right. it, it's just it's so difficult being in these relationships. And it and it is domestic violence. And that's another thing as well, is that so for many years, I was a domestic violence advocate. I actually mm -hmm. won the governor's award for my advocacy work, mm -hmm. a award that's only offered to one person in the entire state once a year. Mm. So I, I got this award and doing my work, helping um, victims of domestic violence through the legal system and, um, and you're and, in California? So, I'm in Oregon. You're in Oregon. Still? Way bigger state than Maryland. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maryland's a tiny state. So that's a pretty big state that, you're, that yeah. you're getting this award in. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, you know, like, for so many years, my, my first husband, he's a covert narcissist. He, I was about to ask, what kind was he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I will tell you the differences. So he was a covert. And a covert narcissist is one on the outside who who he's leading church groups, you know, they're, they're in ministry, mm -hmm. they're in high leadership positions. Mm -hmm. They are leaders in the community. They look like the doting to, dads. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And then always look like the doors, dad that gets is. on his hands and knees and plays with the kids mm -hmm. and, oh, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't ever make the mom feel like she's doing it all on her own. Right? No, 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 no. And so this is why it's hard to spot these ones because everyone else is like, oh, but they're so great. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, not mm -hmm. at home, not behind mm -hmm. closed doors. It's mm -hmm. something else. And so, you know, he was constantly having affairs and seeking validation outside of the marriage. 
and, mm. you know, to feed his ego, to feed his self-esteem because he felt so low about himself. Um, right. And so for the longest time, I didn't see that as abuse. I didn't see that as domestic violence. Did you, do you also have kids with your first oh, husband? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. And so we have, we have two boys together. Okay. And so, um, I didn't look at it like he was abusive for all these years, mm-hmm. but now going back and looking at it, no, I mean, abuse is anything. When you say, don't do that, that's hurting me, stop, and they continue mm-hmm. to do that, that's mm-hmm. abuse. There's no mm-hmm. respect there. There's no trust there. The and respect, the respect and the trust and the safety yes. are all gone. Oh, They're yeah. All gone. And then, and then these motherfuckers get mad at you for having anxiety, oh, yeah. for being oh, yeah. anxious about everything, for becoming hypochondriacs, for oh, becoming yeah. people who are like on the verge of tears if they burn one corner of a fucking lasagna. They're like, oh. what's wrong with you? It's like, oh, yeah. you, like you, but you, you don't know it right then. Right exactly. then you can't say, you're like, I'm just, I'm just a broken mess. I'm, I'm so sorry. It makes me yes. think of, you've seen Little Shop of Horrors, right? You know, I actually haven't. I've got to watch Little Shop of Horrors, but <laughs> there's a part in it. You know what? I'm not going to ruin it. Okay, I am going to ruin it. There's a part in it where the leading lady, she's with this abusive guy, and it's just a shadow scene. Like, you don't see the actual hitting, but she just keeps saying, I'm sorry, doctor. I'm sorry, doctor, because he, she, like, she like spilled something. And he's yeah. hitting her for like spilling something or like getting a stain on his jacket or something. And it is, I mean, it's like an over the top, you know, dramatization. But that is your learned behavior in those situations. Mm-hmm. You are ready to apologize oh, yeah. for everything. And then they have the audacity to like get mad at you for mm-hmm. over apologizing or for being nervous for constantly yeah. living in your limbic system. And it's like, yes. you put me here, asshole. Yes. But you, but you don't feel it then. Like you said, you you later realize, like, holy shit, this was yes. this was abusive like the entire time. Yep. Mm. Yeah. But and, go ahead. I'm know, sorry and, to oh, interject. No, no, I, I, I love it. This is a this is a conversation. But no, it's it's so true because, uh, you know, how many of us say, oh, well, he was just a cheater. Mm -hmm. She was just a cheater. Mm -hmm. No, they are abusive. Mm -hmm. Like, can we start changing the dialogue here? Right. And just call it what it is. It's abuse. I have told you, like, like you just said, I have told you that this hurt me and you Mm -hmm. continue to do it. Yeah. yeah. And until if it we, was a slap like, across the face, if it was a punch to the gut, you know, if it was a shove to a wall, if it was putting you in a headlock, we'd see it for what it was. Yeah. But you can't see it when it's behind closed doors or it's cheating. Well, it's the, yeah. Constantly. It's the, the emotional and the psychological abuse oh, is. Yeah. Even to me, I've I've said it before, like it's it's worse. It's so much worse. Like Mm -hmm. I remember one time telling my husband, I'm like, you know, you've had all these emotional affairs with all, all these women. I would much rather you just go and have a one night stand and get it out, get it out and done. Right. And be like emotionally connected with all these other people. Right. You know, or sometimes like probably just, a preference, though. It's probably yeah, a but, preference. You know, but, but you know what I'm saying? Because I'll bet like you, I'll bet you, there's some women who are like, "Yeah, go be friends with somebody, but don't, don't you pick up a sex worker?" Yeah. But you know, right? on the other hand, there are people who can see it conversely and say that is so much more harmful to yeah. me that you are having these connections, especially if you're making a full effort to have that type of connection with somebody while you're treating me like a pebble in your shoe and I'm your yeah. wife. Yeah. What is happening? No, it's, it's horrible. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when he left, he left for another woman after we were together for 15 years, it mm-hmm. was 
it was devastating. But at the same time, it was like, he told me, he's like, Stephanie, I'm setting you free. And he did. He did what I could not have done. I didn't have the strength to leave him. I didn't have the energy to leave him. I stayed Mm -hmm. trying to be the the good wife. You know, we went to church. We did all these things. We have, his parents have been married for 55 years. My parents have been married for 45 years. So we had these good families. But what, if someone's not willing to work with you and you have tried, and it is a situation like this, Mm -hmm. you have every right to leave. I mean, please. Right. Leave. I hate it. Like I hate it when people say, like you know, YOLO. But like for real, you only live once. Yes. If I I know that what holds a lot of people back is that they'll be strapped financially. You know. Yeah. I know it comes down to that a whole lot. Like, where will you go? Like, if you don't have parents, you don't have siblings, you have friends, but. They have their own families that they got to take care of. Who's going to take you in? If you have kids, heaven forbid, if any of you are disabled and and you're trying to get out of the situation. Well, and you see so many, you know, I'm just talking about women here, but like I gave up a lot of my career to be at home to raise the children. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an income. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah. Same. I I didn't Mm -hmm. have an income. And so was it difficult? Yes, it was yeah. very difficult. Yeah, I have I have a doctorate. I have degrees. I have all this stuff. But still, like in the state I was in, I wasn't licensed in that state to practice. That would take me a year, you know, to study for the bar mm-hmm. there and to do all of this and to get my license back up to to speed and stuff. And so it's not just like, yeah, what, what are you going to do? Right. I was very fortunate that I had a great support network and family that were able to help me transition and get back on my feet. But you know what? That's hard. Mm-hmm. It is very hard. Yeah. And so if you are in this situation and you want to leave the situation, start open up your own bank account and start hiding money. Start mm-hmm. getting it in there. Even if it's you don't have control and he's checking the receipts buy something and then return it real quick just so you can get, you know, $20, $30, $50, put it, put it away if you're mm-hmm. planning on going because you do need that. Yeah. And then thankfully there are organizations out there, you know, like the domestic violence hotline, they, they have advocates that will help safety plan and uh, connect you with resources. So there are financial resources right. out there that will help for, for rent that will help for bills that will help for other things. But, you know, it's still, you have to go out there and, and get them and apply and, and wait. Right. Um, you said the domestic violence network. Yeah. The domestic violence hotline. Hotline. Is, mm-hmm, and if you call, I want to put that in the show notes for people. Yes. Yes. So if you are hearing our story and us talking and you feel like you could be in a, an abusive relationship, um, reach out to the domestic violence hotline because they, they have advocates and they will connect you with advocates and, uh, a center, like a woman's center in your city, like whatever is closest to you. I know we have house of Ruth, uh, here. I'm not sure how, you know, local that is, or if that's nationwide. Um, But, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard, Stephanie. Like, I remember when we were members of a synagogue, we, um, like, you go in the bathroom and on the back of the stall, it was Mm -hmm. like, are you in a situation where you, you know, feel unsafe or, you know, you feel like your partner is abusing you? Here, call this number and da 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 da. I never called that number. Oh, I, I didn't call that number. It had to get to, it had to get to extremes. Yeah. I never well, called that and, number. Yeah, I didn't, I never did either. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, again, like looking back, sometimes it, it didn't always feel like, you know, quote, domestic violence. 
Oh, right. he's just mean today. He's just saying mean things to me. Right. That was a is one-off. That, is that domestic violence? job is stressful. Yes. Oh, he had a little too much to drink. Yes. Whatever. But when yeah. you take a step back and you look at the totality, no, it's every day. Oh, mm-hmm. his drinking is every day. It's out of control. The way mm-hmm. he talks, the way he talks to the kids, the way he speaks to you. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't accept anyone else speaking to you the way this person does. So why do we accept this? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I right? guess you're going you're gonna to well, break down you, some of these. Yeah, I mean, it's to it, it, well, you know, it's it, a, a lot of it, what I think, is it's the trauma bond. Mm-hmm. We know that they're being unkind right now. But mm-hmm. we also know that they know how to love us. So again, it goes back to the trauma bond. Okay, right. well, let me just try to fix something in me. Maybe, you know, when he comes home, maybe if I already have like a six pack of beer for him, I just hand him one. I tell all the kids to go in the room and just be quiet and vanish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we find ourselves uh, catering to mm-hmm. their every whim, their every need, worshiping them almost. Right. Because that's what gives us peace and that, and they don't do anything, you know, they don't attack us. They don't say negative things, but then you could even have the situations where you did all of that, but the beer is too warm. It's not cold enough. You know, there's always the criticism. Or it was, why did you do that? I don't feel like doing this right now. I didn't ask you for that. I didn't ask you to do any of this. Why are you doing this? Yeah. I didn't ask you to make dinner. I just wanted a can of chili. Right. Right. Who told you that I needed to do this or I needed you to do this? Yeah. And so it's just, it's hard. It's confusing. It's, you know, all those things. And so, you know, over the years, looking at these two marriages, you know, within 17 years and just feeling like, gosh, these guys are monsters. Mm-hmm. These guys are monsters in my life and they are trying to destroy me, They're trying to destroy my life. And for the longest time, I lived in that victim mindset. Like mm-hmm. I didn't do anything wrong. I was a good wife. I'm a good mother. I'm a good person. I, I go to church. I do all these things. And yet it's these right. guys who are inflicting all of this drama, trauma and chaos and abuse on me. Mm-hmm. But when I was stuck in that victim mindset, I couldn't see the lessons. Mm. I couldn't get out of of being a victim. And I've seen so many men and women stuck in their victim story. I didn't do anything wrong. Okay, yes, I agree because I didn't either. So let's change the perspective of your story. What if Mm -hmm. instead of being the victim of your story, what if you were the heroine of the story? What would Mm -hmm. that look like? Mm -hmm. So then I went back and I, you know, I got a big journal. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to change my story. So I looked at my first husband, Josh, what did you teach me? If I'm, you know, if I'm the mm-hmm. hero of my story, what did I, what did you teach me along my journey? Okay. You taught me that I need to have boundaries. Mm. So thank you for showing me that I need boundaries because mm-hmm. I spent almost 15 years having boundaries for you. you okay. Get that? Yeah. So go ahead, I but, but didn't have unpack the boundaries. It, unpack but, it a little bit. Yeah. Yes. So um, he was cheating. So I would constantly confront him. Why are you cheating? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I would go and I would talk to the other woman. You know he's married. Uh, you know, what are you doing? Why are you having these conversations with a married man? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm confronting. I am being the boundaries police for him. Instead of focusing mm. on me and my boundaries. Right. So I can look back and say, thank you, Josh, for showing me that I must have boundaries and I cannot be the boundaries, please, for anyone. Okay. So going into marriage number two, I went in with boundaries. 
but he kept pushing those boundaries. Oh, your boundaries right here. Well, what if we just push it a little bit? Mm -hmm. Okay. Given push it a little bit, push it a little bit. And so really, you didn't have boundaries. If you're constantly Mm -hmm. letting someone push those boundaries, then really you don't have boundaries. Right. So I can say, Jason, thank you. Even though I went in with the understanding and the knowing the importance of having boundaries, you kept pushing it. So now I can thank you and say, I need to have firm boundaries and a boundary is a boundary. You don't mm-hmm. move boundaries. And I can go back to Josh, my first one, and say, okay, thank you for showing me that I am worthy of so much more. This is the worthiness mm-hmm. piece. And thank you for showing me that. And then I can go to Jace and be like, Okay, I thought I was worthy. I thought I manifested you, but God gave me all the unlearned lessons from Josh. He gave them to me again. And this is where I was saying about repeating the patterns until you learn the lessons. Mm-hmm. So again, with Jace, Stephanie, you are worthy of so much more. Why do you mm-hmm. put up with this? And so when I was able to make that shift to see my story through a different lens, Instead of like, why me? Why me? Why me? But for me, what is for me in Mm -hmm. these relationships? Then I was able to see the lessons, know what to heal and what to work on and break the patterns in my life. So how did you do that? What helped you do that? So I, um, back in 2020, I had separated from my second husband and, you know, it was like the world was chaotic. So I did not a know. And this, sure. and this is what also <laughs> made all of this so much more confusing. So if you were with a narcissist oh, yeah. in 2020, oh, my God, my heart goes out to you because the world was confusing. My life mm-hmm. was confusing. My husband that I just married was confusing. And so I didn't know what was Ooh, what was 2020. Mm-hmm. And what was, what was real? What was fake? What was 2020? What was, and there was a sense of immediacy, right? Because Mm -hmm. people are dying. People are dying from this thing that's going around. Do you want to die here? Like that was a big thing for me because it was like my marriage died February 23rd, 2020. And then, like, the lockdown happened, like, three weeks later. Yeah. And I'm, like, locked down with, you know, my soon-to-be ex and our kids. Uh, And I'm, like, what is happening right now? Oh, this is such a confusing time. (laughs) So when we separated in 2020, I was, like, I need something because something was just, it was just so off. Like, I just didn't Mm -hmm. know what was right and wrong and stuff. And so I'm like, well, I need to heal myself. Because again, you think it's all you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And one of my friends posted something about uh, EFT. Okay. And and I signed up. You want to explain? I I, I will. It just was. So I I signed up thinking I was just going to work with a, a practitioner, you know, just do a couple, a couple sessions. I actually mm-hmm. signed up to become a practitioner. So mm-hmm. I did not realize that until after, you know, all oh. that's how desperate I was <laughs> for something. All right. Now I'm caught up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought I was doing a couple sessions with a practitioner. I was in a practitioner course, which was very well, good because I, I had a lot like of feelings. That's one of those universal things like you put out into the world. Like I need something. I need this something that's going to help me realize my worth. Yes. And then it was like, here, here you go. You're going to yes. learn to practice this. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, it was so good because I just, I did it for days and months and weeks and, you know, so EFT stands for emotional freedom techniques. It is a healing modality that focuses on tapping on the meridian points of your body 
And what it does, it helps to rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. And so being in these toxic relationships and with all the lies, all the manipulation, all the gaslighting, it has wired our brain. The trauma bond has wired our brain. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people say, oh, well, time will heal. No, time does not heal from these relationships. You no. have to rewire your brain. You have to rewire your mind and your mindset and your thoughts um, because of all the trauma and abuse you've been through. Mm-hmm. And so what it is, there's three rounds. The first round is really sitting with the big, heavy emotions that are coming up. The second one is releasing those big, heavy emotions. And the third one is tapping into the person you want to become. And so I will, I'll just walk you through. I was about to say, I would love to see an example. I, I actually, I do know what it is. I've actually been in sessions for it before. It is one of those other things. Like I did a bunch of stuff. I did mm-hmm. so many modalities and I, I think we've talked about this before and we'll hit it on another one. We'll like go through a laundry list, but yes, yes, I would love to see like a demonstration of like one run through. Yeah. Yeah. So I will, I will do it on um, like guilt for staying too long in the relationship. It's a good one. A lot of us, we were like, why didn't we leave? Why didn't we leave? What's wrong with me? Why didn't I leave the first time? If it had been my sister, I would have gotten her out. First Mm -hmm. sign of trouble. Mm -hmm. It's the trauma bond. So you always start off with the the setup statement and it's tapping on the karate chop point. So I would Do you want me to do it with you or no? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I would say, even though I stayed too long in this marriage, I love and accept myself always. And then you would repeat what I said. Even though I stayed in this marriage too long, I accept myself and I love myself. Mm -hmm. So even though there's some guilt coming up because I stayed too long, I still love and accept all parts of me. Even though there's some guilt coming up because I stayed too long, I love and accept all parts of me. And even though there were moments when I could have left, Even though there were moments when I could have left. But I didn't, and I'm feeling a lot of guilt for that. But I didn't, and I'm feeling a lot of guilt for that. I love and accept myself always. I love and accept myself always. Oh, on top of the head. I have all this guilt. Like this? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So I have all this guilt. All of this guilt. um, Between the eyes. All this guilt. All this guilt. On the eyebrows. And all this shame for staying too long. And all this shame for staying too long. On the sides of the eyes. Just all this guilt, I feel it in my gut. Just all this guilt, I feel it in my gut. Underneath the eyes. What if I could let all this guilt go? What if I could let all this guilt go? Underneath the nose. What if I could release all this guilt from my body? What if I could release all this guilt from my body? Underneath the mouth. What would that look like if I could just release it all and live a life without this guilt? What would that look like if I could just release it all and live a life without this guilt? Oh. We'll stop. We'll stop there. But there's just to give you an idea. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I will do. So when I'm working with a client, I Mm -hmm. ask them, you know, okay, so guilt is coming up. Where are you feeling it in your body? Mm -hmm. And if you could rate it on a scale of one to 10, what would it be? Would 10 be the most severe? Mm -hmm. And so the first round is is just tapping on it, recognizing it, um, acknowledging it. And just mm-hmm. sitting with it. So it's kind of like a vent. You know, it could be what whatever it is that's coming up. I hate him. Why did I stay so long? Why did he do this to me? You know, so we're just acknowledging these big, heavy emotions. We're sitting with them. Right. And then, you know, 
Then we do a round of releasing. Like, what would it look like to be free of anxiety? What would it look like to actually mm -hmm. feel safe and secure? What mm. would that look like? Because, you know, a lot of times our body is telling us something. That's why we have these big emotions. Anxiety. Mm -hmm. Anxiety can be good. It can, it right. is our the body telling us something. Mm -hmm. It's our body saying something is not right. Pay attention. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes back well, to like caveman days. Yeah. And so yeah. what is what is the what is the other side of anxiety? It's safety, feeling mm -hmm. secure and safe. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? What would being secure and safe and living life without anxiety look like for you? So mm -hmm. we tap on that. And then we release it because our body holds our trauma. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your back pain, trauma, all of this is, is trauma that mm -hmm. gut issues, we have gut issues, any pain, headaches. joint pain. Yeah. Yes. It's all trauma stuffed mm -hmm. in our body. And so when yep. we, we need to acknowledge that it's there and then release it. And so, and then the third round, not everyone does the third round. I like mm -hmm. the third round because it's tapping into the person we want to become. So okay. um, the third round always looks like something like, I am brave. I am confident. I can do hard things and I will get mm -hmm. through this. Because mm -hmm. for so long, we've heard the opposite. We've heard, mm -hmm. you can't do this. You will not find anyone better than me. You don't deserve anything because you're a piece of shit. You, you know, all these mm -hmm. things. So we have to rewire the brain. And I tell people, even if you don't believe it now, mm -hmm. we're telling your brain and your brain right. will believe it. And when your brain believes it, your mindset will follow. Right. So keep doing it. Keep mm -hmm. practicing. So when I, uh, became a practitioner, <laughs> mm -hmm. I accidentally, I, I just spent, I love that. I love that. You, I love that. Like you weren't even trying to do it and it found you mm -hmm. like that's perfect. That's so beautiful. Keep going. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And I just so, think it's gorgeous. <laughs> and so, you know, that, um, I just spent hours and hours and hours i would go outside and just go for walks you know mm -hmm. they say like like the trees and being in the forest and being outside breathing in the fresh air and just letting it all the negativity go letting mm -hmm. it all go into the trees into the woods mm -hmm. and i would just for a couple of years i just once i didn't stop and now it's to the point where any little thing comes up, I don't even have to really do the tapping. I can acknowledge it right away, release it, move on with my life. Mm, um, beautiful. Because that, and, and you know, going back to what I was saying about seeing your story through a different lens and, and being able to be the hero of your story. When I was able to see the lessons clearly, I knew mm -hmm. what I needed to tap on. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to really heal and really break the patterns. So right. I can say with confidence, when and if I decide to date again and to be in a relationship again, I know I have healed. I know I'm, I have broken those patterns in my life. I know I do not need to be afraid that I'm gonna meet the third narcissist. Right. It is, it is done. I have done the hard work. And right. it is possible for anyone listening here. Yeah, you have to do the hard work. And mm -hmm. it's hard. And it is And work. it's going to look different. It'll it look is. different for everyone. And, you know, I mean, tapping <clears throat> was like a big thing for you. I know for, for me, me. Uh, Reiki. Reiki. Yes. Like I had a Reiki session that was like amazing. I can add a link for the practitioner for that. Um, and therapy. I mean, talk therapy has been amazing for me to like build my toolbox, you know, yes. and now mm -hmm. I, instead of like searching the house for my toolbox, when something bad, you know, happens, or when I have those 
intrusive negative thoughts come in. Now I'm just like, oh yeah, I know. I know which tool I want to grab for this. And there it is. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it is tapping because mm-hmm. my therapist was very big on the body keeps the score. Yes. Um, that's what I'm saying. Where our body holds mm-hmm. our trauma. Like that book. She loved, uh, oh yeah, she loves that yeah. book. So it recommended it to me and, and I read it and took to it. And that's how I found EFT actually. Oh, was that wow. book. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good book. <sighs> so Yeah. I feel you. And it's going to look different for everybody. But and and I, I want to say this because I feel like some people don't think that they ever will heal or that they will never unlearn that learned behavior of being a victim. You know, I can't mm-hmm. remember the name of it, but the study where they like kept zapping the dog every time he went on a side of the cage and then he would just be on that side. I'm going to have to look that up for the next time we talk. Um, But it was like a learned behavior. It was learned victimization. Like they just learned to do it. And it's the same with us. And that it's, it's a total fucking lie. Like you don't have to stay there. Like we we said that we were going to talk about this. You don't have to stay there just because the trauma bonding happened doesn't mean that that is all you deserve or all you're ever going to have mm-hmm. or that every relationship is always going to be this way. Even if you leave this one, you're going to just find, no, no, you can absolutely flip the script. Yep. And like you said, become the heroine in or the hero in your own story. Yes. And if you're doing that and people are trying to make you uh feel bad because you can't accept like next level like meditation or like (laughs) just telling you like things to do that are like faux self-care like take a bubble bath or you know make Mm -hmm. time for you and blah 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 and you haven't had the chance to even try to heal (laughs) you can kindly tell them to go fuck themselves and that you Mm -hmm. are not there yet. And you have some time and some need for work. And when you're done with all that, maybe you can talk to them about like some existential shit or like some like next level. I want to be a higher being, whatever. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Right now you're like, I'm just trying to claw out of someone telling me I'm garbage every day. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me sit with that. Let me work on that in my mm-hmm. way. How yeah. I feel is working best for me. So if somebody tells you that tapping is the thing that's working for them, fucking believe them and believe in it with them. Don't tell them, oh, well, psychotherapy is really the only thing that's going to make you. No, fuck that. Like that might work for you, but if there's something else, if it's, if it's cuddling, if it's clinical hypnosis, if it's like submerging in water and just like being able to think without having to hear the things that cycle through your mind, trust that the person who's trying to heal knows the best method. They have it inside them and they know what's going to work for them. Absolutely. And knowing, you know, just to piggyback off of that, knowing that there are so many different modalities out there. You have to find the one that resonates with you. You have to find mm-hmm. the practitioner that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for a lot of people, I, I see these in all in all the support groups. It's like, well, I'm trying to get in to see a therapist. I'm trying to do all this. Yes, do that. But there are so many other modalities out there. Like you're fucking annoying I mean, that like those are the only ones that like take insurance. Like that's irritating as fuck because there it are is. so many that are way faster. Exactly. I'm sorry, like they're way faster. Uh, so, like you can heal so much in like a session. Yes, yeah. like the rapid, yeah. rapid or rewiring. Well, that's why I mm-hmm. love EFT because it's so fast and it's been proven mm-hmm. over and over again to rapidly heal people with PTSD or CPTSD, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, but you have to find the modality that works for you. It could be breath right. work. It could be meditation. It could be hypnotherapy. It could just be talk therapy, psychotherapy, EFT, mm-hmm. you know, they're Reiki. 
Right. Um, and if you find so a modality many. that you like and you don't like the person or you don't feel connected to the person or like that you trust the person that you're working with doing it, find another one. Yeah. Like, that's okay. You don't have to drop it completely. Just try somebody else on. Yes. Just keep exactly. fighting for yourself. Like keep fighting for your ability to heal from this because don't let that societal norm, don't let the man keep you down that like this yeah. can't happen. It can. We are we are living, walking, breathing proof yes. that you can and you will continue. Like that mm-hmm. healing, it doesn't just stop. Like you're not like healed forever. Like it's going to keep going. You're going to see it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And you will have so much freedom. Like Mm -hmm. I have never felt so free in my life that Mm -hmm. I do now. Right. Just like what you were saying, like before, before the marriages, I feel like I'm in my early twenties again, free. It's wonderful. And anyone else can have that freedom too. It's available. Mm -hmm. You have to put the hard work in, but it's Mm -hmm. hard. It's not impossible. I remember so many times just struggling and crying and being like, I can't take this anymore. But then Mm. I hear that, that still voice inside me, Stephanie, it's hard, but it's not impossible. You will get through this. Take it right. one day at a time. Take it one hour at a time. One moment at a time. If mm. that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And and really take care of yourself because, you know, I have children. You have children. A lot of listeners have children. We can't help our children heal and process everything until we have healed or begun the healing process. You know, it's like when you're flying on an airplane, the, the stewardess always say, parents you have to put your mask on first mm-hmm. before you can help your children it's like that when you're healing from these toxic relationships as well you have right. to take care of yourself and then you can take care of your children mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely oh stephanie i want to have okay. you back i want to have you back yes. i don't want to take up like your whole time today but i want to have you back um I know that there are other things that I have written down from our previous conversations that I want to talk about um, at least a couple more episodes. I Uh, would love to. (laughs) (laughs) On the way out, um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to have you as a speaker, um, if they would like to work with you for EFT? Are you accepting clients? I am. I am. Yep. Okay. So I have Can they do it virtually? Yep. I do everything virtually. Okay. Awesome. Praise God for 2020. <laughs> the good stuff. The good stuff. Right. The good that came out. <laughs> Where we've learned that is Zoom is everywhere. Right. <laughs> um, yes. So I I do do one on one sessions right now. Um, okay. Really, um, you know, trying to break the trauma bond, trying to stay strong through no contact, working on healing yourself. So I am available for that. And mm-hmm. I am definitely available for speaking opportunities. I my website is not complete yet. I'm still, mm-hmm. you know, working on that. Some big things is have come right up in the last to... two weeks. But yeah, so I'm on I'm on yeah. Facebook, okay. and I will I will give you the links. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. uh, you can email me at stephanieannspeaks.com as well. Okay, and I will I will give you those links. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and I'll definitely put them in the show notes uh, so that people can just click on them or, you know, find you that way. Um, so wonderful. Oh, it was so nice having you today. Yeah, thank I you. I think that you are definitely a force for good in the world. Thank and you. we need more forces for good in the world. Yes, um, we do. Yeah, and I think that you are a person who is truly engaged in sharing your light. Like you have found your way. You are engaging yourself in healing and you want to heal others because of it. And that's just, it's just beautiful. And I love it. 
No, thank you so much. It is, it is yeah. really an honor and a pleasure to be here and to, to talk with you. And I look forward to coming back because, like you said, there's so many, so many more things. It's to talk so, about. There's so <laughs> many facets to this. And I there mean, like, honestly, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, she hasn't scratched the surface of the information that she can share with you. And she wears many hats. So we're going to try to get as much of that knowledge from each of her hat wearing selves <laughs> on this show. So, yes. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. And my lovelies, I will talk to you in a week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. We hope you learned a bit more about putting the fire back in your romantic relationships, exploring communication and emotional readiness in all relationships, and how to expand your definition of intimacy so you can reach your relationship goals. Go to theintimacyally.com to subscribe and never miss an episode. Follow the links in the show notes to social media and events. Till next time, keep on learning, growing, and thinking. Storytime with the Intimacy Ally podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as health or mental health advice.